This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. It's Friday. It's that time. Finally, Adam, we can go into the weekend. But before we go into the weekend, we got to get everyone caught up on all the big entertainment stories of the week. So that is why we're doing the Raw Rundown right now. Adam, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. If you're watching YouTube, Dax, what it's, do you think of my hair right now? Do you like it or huge. no? What is going on? Is it really that big? I don't know. It's kind of, I got, I don't know, humidity. But I How kind of like, humid like waves. is it there? I don't know, humidity. <laughs> It's about to rain. It's pretty humid. I don't know. I just got I got a lot of hair, but it's all going back. <laughs> so I need to come forward. I don't know. I'm How bad, you doing, dude? man? I'm good. I, I, I get excited for the rundowns. I think I get excited because I see other people excited. Like I, I go into like Twitter and Instagram, and people are like, "Oh, I can't wait for the rundown." So I don't know. It like gets me stoked to actually do it. So I don't. I'm I'm looking for the weekend, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I um. We have some tea that we're going to break on this episode. Uh, so it's a good – we got some good stuff. We got some uh, – yeah, I got some good stuff for this stuff. Uh, I got some good <laughs> stuff for this week. I um, I don't know. I, I'm excited about this episode. Uh, it was a hard top 10 stories to fit in because there was a lot of stories mm-hmm. that happened this week. Nothing crazy, but they're all sort of yeah. juicy. Uh, no, totally agree. It's, it's, it's going to be a good week. I think people are uh, – are going to enjoy this episode just by all the stories that have been going on out there right now. So let's uh, let's. And if you're a, yeah, if you're a first time listener, in the middle of the week we release an interview where it's me and Dex just kind of talking to each other. This past week we had uh, our friend Charles from Autograph City. It's a really good interview. We want to hear the life of what's going on in the autograph world when it comes to celebrities and their interview process. Who's cool? Who's not when it comes to signing autographs? How about, sl- their how about some of the for? names of the people that actually set up autograph sessions to just make bank? That was probably one of my most fascinating parts of that interview. Uh, interview. Plus, everyone I've talked to has said they love the interview because no one knows a lot about autograph seekers. And the fact that they can make that much money Getting autographs blows my mind. So very, very cool interview. Go check it out if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, and then at the end of the week, we do a raw rundown, which is our top 10 stories of the week. Before we get to our raw rundown today, we are going to read a review. Dax, I got an iTunes review. review right here. This one comes from Maddie Craig. Five stars. I love pop culture. I found this podcast through Shannon's podcast, Fluently Ford. Shout out to Shannon. Shout out, Shannon. And I love how this, uh, and I really love this podcast. It's always interesting to hear the point of view of, uh, of Gossack from people in the industry. Keep up your hard work. It's appreciated. Well, thank you, Maddie. Because we work actually really thank ridiculously you, hard on this podcast and prepping and doing if booking it, and all that stuff. So I appreciate your kind words. We do put a lot of work into this. I, it might not show all the time, but I promise you, even when it's shit, a lot of work went into the shit. It's, it's a lot. Um, Dex, let's start our raw rundown starting with number, number 10. 10. Al Pacino is a father. 
again at the age of 83. He has now welcomed, um, this is his, is it fourth child into the world? Uh, his son's name is Roman. So Roman Pacino is his name. And uh, it, this is, you know, his, his, his reps confirm this to E! News along with kind of everyone else. But he's got a 33-year-old daughter. Um and then he's got a 22-year-old son and a, another 22-year-old daughter. So he's he's got a lot of children running around out there right now. But uh, it sounds like he's really excited. And, I mean, that's kind of – that's the news story. Dude, a dad at 83. I know we talked about when we first heard about it, but it's, it's pretty There's wild. There's nothing that sounds worse to me than to have a newborn baby at the age of 83. <laughs> <laughs> but – it's like you're at the I, – I, first of all, I, I forgot that Al Pacino is still 83. It's hard to think that this guy is 83 years old. And now also having a kid at 83. But I, I think – I think wild. back to when my children were born and how just like I was so tired and worn out because babies, they keep you up at night and you're barely functioning the de- next day and like all these things – I gotta imagine he's gotta be exhausted. I'm, and granted, he's he's got a, the young girlfriend, or is she the girlfriend or wife? Girlfriend, right? Young She's girlfriend. girlfriend yeah. I'm sure he's got help, but nevertheless, there's a crying baby in your house. I gotta imagine that's exhausting for an 83 year old dude. Yeah, it's a wild thing, and she's not a bad looking girl. He, he again. He's 83. <laughs> what do you? What do you? I guess he looks good for 83. That's what do you say? You know, like oh, he's not. He, she can't say he's hot. No, he's hot for yeah. eighty three. So, but this girl again, like we said in previous podcasts, this is not the first um, older person she's been with. She was Mick uh, Jagger, with, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Mick Jagger. So it's just what a world. What a weird. It's pretty insane. Um, and it's like you said you feel bad a little bit for the I kid, feel, don't you? Yes, I feel terrible for the kid. If your dad is eighty three. I, what's the chance that dad's going to be there for their 10th birthday? You know what I'm saying? Like 93 is, is pretty old. Uh, 103. I don't think so. So your dad's not going to be there to watch you, you know, have your first drink at 21. Yeah. Weird thing. Crazy thing. But Al Pacino, congratulations is a father at 83. Number number nine nine is Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen's daughter, Sammy, who is 19 years old, explains how she makes money being a quote unquote sex worker. So uh, I I don't know if you guys watched or saw this story floating around online, uh, but she talked about her job being a sex worker uh, working on OnlyFans. And so she wanted to clarify that she doesn't actually have sex on camera um, after one TikTok a user accused her of choosing porn because she has nothing else to offer the world. And she said, look, I'm not a porn star. I don't meet up with people. I don't film myself having sex. I don't do that. She said that um, she wasn't comfortable with that kind of line of work, and but she has no judgment towards other people who are. Uh, she said, you know, the only reason I said I'm a sex worker is because of my main source of income is from OnlyFans. And if people did their research, they would realize that there's multiple forms of sex work um, and that she's been doing OnlyFans for almost a year now. And I love my job or she loves her job and absolutely nothing anyone could say or do to get her to change her job. And you remember, uh, Denise Richards, she's kind of 
gone, okay, if this is what she wants to do, do it. Charlie, on the other hand, wasn't so happy about it. I remember him putting out a statement saying, look, she wasn't doing this crap when she was under my roof. Um, but, you know, now she's doing it kind of with her mom. But he said, I just hope she keeps it classy. I hope that she um, uses the right judgment when she's doing what she's doing. So I think he realized he, he can't stop her from doing it. So I might as well just wish her doing it in a good way. But uh, she charges $19.99 a month for her stuff. And I, she said something. I, I don't think she she doesn't show her, her breasts. I think that she is going to have a breast augmentation soon. So she's waiting to fully show the ladies off until that work is done. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so crazy about OnlyFans. It's like you could join. And this is from what I've been told. I'm, I've never joined an OnlyFans. Your, your OnlyFans yeah, but, is kicking. <laughs> Oh yeah! Just oh, pictures yeah. of your big it's hair. My, yeah, it's just my hair, my belly button, <laughs> and your like, hairy ooh, belly button for all the ba- belly. Yeah. So, but it's OnlyFans is you could just pay for one month, see what you need to see, and then just cancel like that day. Like there's there's no, I I just don't understand the OnlyFans thing. I I am very aware that some people do very well and make a lot of money on it. It's just weird, but what. It's a tough thing. Listen, she's happy. That's all that matters, right? Yes. It's just like, you're not excited. It's not like, yeah, you can't be, like, Charlie Sheen's just rolling with it. I wish he would talk more. I wish, dude, you know how many times we reached out to Charlie Sheen to come on the podcast? But here's the thing. He'd be so good. I'm saying that because it's not my daughter. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, good for you. Do your thing. If this was my daughter that we were talking about, I would have a very different opinion because I'd be like, no, baby, please keep your clothes on. Yeah. But the sex work (laughs) thing obviously was very trendy. You saw it a lot in the paper this past week about, you know, sex worker, sex worker. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously that's clickbait for the um, news sites when you see sex, you know, Charlie Sheen's daughter's a sex worker. That's going to get people to click on because then you have to clarify oh, what that exactly means. So just remember, like, we're all getting clickbaited into this story. All right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number eight. All right. Number eight. Kevin Costner says his estranged wife will not move out of his house amid this uh, this kind of nasty divorce that is brewing. But uh, Christine, who uh, filed for divorce after 18 years of marriage, is saying, ah, no, 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 I'm going to I'm going to stay in the house. And so Kevin has uh, spoken up through his lawyers saying that, look, she signed a prenup years and years ago, 18 years ago, before their marriage, saying that she would give him his house because he's owned this house up in Carpinteria, California, uh, for years and years before they ever got married. And he said that, look, I've gone through a divorce in the past. 
that divorce ended and he realized I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have a home. So if um, I don't want that to happen again. So he made it very clear. If you want to marry me, I need this home in my divorce. If there was if it was not to work out between us. I need a place to go. I want my homes. And so she agreed to it back then. So he is trying to hold her accountable for what she signed all those years ago. And I'm assuming all will work out because if you sign a prenup, normally they're pretty ironclad with these big celebrities. And uh, I, I'm sure that that will get pushed through. She will have to vacate the property and uh, move along. But, you know, a part of their, their prenuptial agreement, he has stipulated to pay her $100,000 upon their marriage, another $100,000 upon their first anniversary, which he did to both of those. He was also required to pay her a million dollars after she filed for divorce and the, uh, or these documents. And then part of this prenup also 200,000 deposit to help her purchase a new home and pay property taxes and homeowners insurance for a year on uh, a new home. He's also offered to pay thousands of dollars for moving costs to use his, oh, and he can use, she can use his existing staff to help her move. And then $38,000 a month to her on top of that. Um, and I guess another $30,000 in child support. So um, it sounds like he has offered numerous things to get her out of the house, but she's not willing to go quite yet. How, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, first of all, the money. It's just like, man, what a it's it becomes such a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it, yeah. for for the general I get I gotta imagine for the average person getting married, it, you know, there is some financials and business to it, but this one just seems, you know, for obviously celebrities and she married a very wealthy, big name celebrity that becomes such a um, agreement, like a financial agreement. It's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Also, that this stuff, which is private, becomes public. It's got to be so embarrassing for Kevin Costner. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, like I, I got to imagine you don't want all these like money, intimate money details floating out there in the public. Uh, but at the same time, he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to be honest and say how much I'm paying her so so that people don't think I'm trying to give her the raw end of a deal by kicking her out of the house. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Do you – let me ask you this. Do you not like celebrities after you hear like the money they spend? Like, okay, she's going to get $30,000 a month just for child support. Does that turn you off from celebrities or does that not even matter? Nah, I, for some reason that doesn't bother me. Um, I just think about how poor I am, and then that just makes me sad about my life. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I get it. But you, I again, <laughs> I'll say what you. I'm going to repeat what you just said. Kevin obviously wants to repair his image when he has a wife or a strange wife who refuses to leave his home. He's going to put it all out there and saying, "Listen, I gave mm-hmm. her a very fair deal, just to make sure you don't think I'm cooking out." my partner or my ex-partner and put her on the streets so it could easily turn bad for him where everyone just looks at him like oh wow you're kicking her out of the house like that just the optics can look pretty poor on him so no 100 all right what's next what number are we on we're number seven Seven. Uh, comedian Matt Reif, who is in a relationship with actress Jessica Lord. So Matt Reif, 
I feel like he is like the biggest, the hottest comedian out there right now. I feel like anywhere I go on social media, there's videos playing of him. Everyone's pushing him. It seems like he's booking uh, jobs left and right. He is just kind of like the comedian of the moment. So I think that is why this has become such a big story. But um, him and Jessica Lord, uh, she is from Hulu's Find Me in Paris, uh, apparently are head over heels for each other. And uh, they started dating, had a break. Brief, uh, if you remember, he had a brief relationship with uh, Pretty Little Liars star Lucy Hale. So, Dax, let me stop uh, you right there, real quick. Soon. That was yeah, not well, that that relationship with Lucy Hale was not public. So we just kind of broke oh, that. Really? Yeah. So that was they had a um, apparently from uh, some people close to uh, Lucy's camp said that they had a little bit of a relationship. I did not realize. Yeah. I I read the story and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not informed of every aspect of Matt Rife's yeah. life. So no, but here I did not. Matt Rife that. is like the you know people always reach when you have Matt Rife on the show. When you have Matt Rife, but Matt Rife, you know, is doing a, a worldwide tour. Is now off the mark. He's dating this actress. Apparently, from the sources close to her, saying that he's been like leaving shows right after just to go see her for a little bit and they're trying really? to make this work. But this guy is like the biggest star in the world. Well, here's the thing though. Like he, so when I watch his stand up, his audience is like all women, right? Like he is the guy that women are going to see right now. He's a good looking dude. Women are probably throwing themselves at him left and right. That's got to be in kind of a tough thing for a girlfriend in the picture, don't you think? Yeah, it's got to be a tough thing for him as well. I mean, let's be real. There's a lot of, um, everything is right in arm's distance. He could do whatever he wants after he gets on stage. She's a rock star, but he... But is he a good dude? That's what I want to know. Like, is he a good dude, or is he, like, someone that would potentially be hooking up with just random chicks? I think is that his career is blowing up so much, it's like he can't even enjoy it. Like, once... It takes so... It takes so much work, and Dax, you know this, it takes so much work to reach that spot in your career that once you catch Mm -hmm. that wave, and he's on a wave right now, you have to work even harder to keep riding that wave. You know, you don't just like, you don't, as soon as you get that wave, you're not like, oh, you put your hands behind your back, your head, and chill. You don't relax. No, you have to work even harder to maintain that wave. So I don't think he's even, you know, he's got a girl, which is probably the best thing for him, and keep, you know, focus on the work and task at hand because it would be too ridiculous, especially in today's times where he could hook up with a girl and who knows, the girl could just say something about him and he doesn't need that negative. So probably having a, a permanent partner is probably the best thing for him at this point in his career. I mean, the guy yeah. also hooked up with Kate Beckinsale, one of the hottest actresses out there. Amazing. It's pretty gnarly. It's also amazing how Kate Beckinsale hooks up with like the young hot dudes yeah. going around Hollywood. It really like she is the ultimate cougar of Hollywood. Insane. All right, Dax, number six. Number six, uh, MMA fighter Conor McGregor accused of violently sexually assaulting a woman during the NBA Finals. Uh, so there was a bunch of paperwork, uh, court documents that were filed this week um, saying that he raped a woman during Game 4 of the Finals that happened in Miami on June 9th. In the the demand letters, they were given to Us Weekly, and uh, they were given by this woman's attorney saying or alleging that uh, he violently assaulted her in the men's bathroom just after the Denver Nuggets defeated the Miami Heat, um, and that basically... 
The lawyer claimed that the security guards employed by the NBA and the Heat helped separate the woman from her friend, then forced her into a restroom where McGregor and his security guard were allegedly waiting. Um, And then it goes on to quote saying that the security refused to let the woman exit or allow anyone else, including her friend, inside the bathroom. um, And that there were... um, uh, Let me see where I went. Oh, and this is where, I guess, he emerged out of a stall and began to shove his tongue allegedly down the, the victim's mouth and aggressively kissed her. Uh, the woman claimed that she got McGregor to stop by telling him that she needed to use the bathroom, but then proceeded to allegedly force her to perform oral sex on him. She went on to claim that McGregor pinned her against the wall and tried to sodomize her. After elbowing him repeatedly, she escaped the bathroom but let, left her purse behind, which she claimed the security guards held hostage until she begged for its return. So, according to the these letters the woman uh reported the alleged incident to local authorities on the 11th and that um what was interesting is her lawyer said that she is seeking settlements from the nba and the heat and mcgregor instead of pursuing litigation which i thought was an interesting way to go about doing it but okay um and then a rep for mcgregor called these allegations false they said they are not true and he will not be intimidated keep in mind he has a fiance they actually just recently got engaged after many many years together and it sounds like uh he told kelly ripa that he's got uh, a kid on the way i believe Mm -hmm. so i mean he's he's got a lot going on in his life um you know the all of this, you know, you, you never know in these stories who's telling the truth, who's not. But I would say the interesting thing that stood out in my mind was just the she's looking for a settlement rather than litigation. So is that a red flag for you? Is weird. If it, what is, is it? Is that a red flag for you? The I I feel that, and again, I can't speak for any woman who or, or man who's gone through any kind of sexual assault in their life. But I would say if something like that happened to me. I would want that person to be behind bars. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, it's not about the payday for me. It's about someone did something wrong to me. I want them to pay for it and not necessarily, I'd probably want money and for there to be some kind of consequence for their actions. So I just thought that was interesting that there is, they're looking for money in this situation. I don't know. Again, it just, it seems weird to me um but you never know what's going through someone's mind during a alleged traumatic incident i don't know so conor mcgregor was in new york this week i got his first interview to talk about well i didn't even get an interview let's be real um but conor mcgregor was in new york this week i got him to talk about his situation with the mascot Mm -hmm. if you saw the videos became viral this past last weekend him being up a mascot and he talked about it so actually i was right i was driving and no, I was sitting in my car and Conor McGregor walks out of a hotel. I'm like, Conor McGregor, wow, that's insane. So Conor McGregor walks towards a corner. I run out my camera. Now, before this, I want you to know that I knew Conor McGregor was going to be in New York. And I reached out to his publicist. I reached out to his manager. Say, hey, man, Conor's in New York. Any chance I can get two minutes with Conor? The guy connects me with the publicist. Publicist hits me up and says, hey, Adam, we'll try to find some time for you Tuesday night. But Monday, I ran to Connor. I'm like, dude, I can just bang it out right now. It's easy. So Connor's walking down the street. He's got a bodyguard, two camera guys, and an older woman who I sort of knew was his publicist. So I run up and I start talking to Connor. I'm like, Connor, what's, talk, tell me about the mascot. And he kind of briefly kind of mentions the mascot situation, talks about the mascot. Then the publicist says, hey, we'll get you later in the week. Um, I know you're talking to one of uh, one of our other 
colleagues. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll wait and I'll do the right thing and I'll wait till later in the week to do, you know, because you guys are going to set me up for more um, time with Conor McGregor. I follow him with the next day. Basically what happened is the PR team was giving me the runaround. And the ne- later the next day after that, this comes Wednesday, the PR team is giving me the runaround. So I said, screw it. I'm going to try to go find Conor McGregor myself and just do what I usually do rather than go through the right protocols because I'm trying to do the right thing, go through the right protocols. But yet again, I got to do my job and get an interview with Conor McGregor. <laughs> so I find out that he's at a restaurant at the polo bar. And he's with his team and I go to the polo bar and I knew he was staying at a hotel not far from there. So I went to the polo bar. Conor McGregor comes out and he could tell he had a few drinks on my guess. And the I get him back going into the hotel. He gives me a little bit more words. He talks to me a little bit when he goes back into the hotel. And I was like kind of like – it was crazy. It was just kind of those autographers bothering Conor McGregor. But then all of a sudden five minutes later, the publicist walks into the hotel and goes, hey – Adam, I got con- and she's like, "Oh, you already got him." I was like, "No, I did." I asked one question, and he's like, "You told me I was getting more time with him," and I was like, "Well, listen, can I talk to you real quick just to kind of tell you what I've done?" Because I've bur- you know, I'll be honest, I've I've buried stuff for Conor McGregor. I've made sure to control the narrative. I've been very, very good at him. I've, you know, when he got to the incident with Machine Gun Kelly, I was able to kind of remember the incident with Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor mm-hmm. when they had the incident yeah. at the VMAs. I was able to kind of bury that story really quick and address it and kind of move past it. I done. I started Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather's fight, and I tried to talk to her, just you know, like, "Hey, I just want to talk to you about this thing." And she was so rude, and she blew me off, and like totally, she was the, honestly, I was about to say it in a bad word. She was just a complete bitch to me, and it was so unrude. Where everyone around saw, like my other friends who were nearby, saw, like, "Dude, what was that about? That was so weird," and I knew. There was a story brewing about Conor McGregor. And I told her, I said, hey, there's a story coming out. I think you should know about this. And she was a complete bitch and just ignored what I said. And guess what? I could have helped her out and buried the story. All right, number (laughs) five. Uh, Number five, Treat Williams. Sad story this week. Passed away after a motorcycle incident. Um, And now one of the witnesses that actually saw him uh, was speaking up about how he was there outside of his store and uh, kind of witnessed the entire crash go down on Monday. Uh, what was interesting was that the man said that he was actually totally alert, answering questions after the incident, um, um, but obviously succumbed to his his injuries after the fact. He said that he saw Treat actually go flying through the air after the car collided with him. Um, but you know, he was he was surprised that here he passed away because when he saw him. He was up. He was talking. He was alert. He was he was there, um, and and then he didn't end up making it uh, out of the hospital, unfortunately. But um, obviously, he is known for for hair. He's known for what was it, Everwood? Yeah, yeah, Everwood. Uh, he he's just one of those actors that I feel like if you look at him, you instantly recognize him. Um, you know, he. I I wouldn't say that I necessarily knew Treat's name before this. I would say though, but I absolutely knew his face because he, he's been in like all those Hallmark movies. You, you just know him. Yeah, he was like an actor's actor. You know, um, you saw a lot of people post about him this week because I guess he worked a lot of people and meant a lot of, to, to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So sad story. Um, R.I.P. Tree Williams. But yeah, great actor. All right, Dax, let's move it along to number four. Number four, Croy and Kim still going at it. For their alleged divorce. 
but Croy filed uh, some paperwork with the court to kick Kim out of their Georgia mansion um, and uh, get her permanently removed from their home. Uh, basically, you know, they've still been living under the same roof, um, I, I guess, because they fight for financial reasons. They can't. There's nowhere else for them to live. Um, so he's now taking legal steps to get her out of there. Uh, again, dude, I don't know this. I am trying so hard to be on board with, with this being a real story. But then there's parts of it that even though they're filing documents with the court and she's saying that he's smoking too much marijuana and he, you know, and then he's saying that she's not safe around the kids and she's got a gambling problem and all of this going through the court, like this is the best way to make it believable is you just file court documents because the second you file a court document, all the news reports will pick it up and say, oh, well, they filed it in the court. So clearly it has to be true. But then where it sucks me back out of it is when she is now talking and she's teasing the fact that she may, people may see her on this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And taking pictures with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. To me, I'm like, okay, it worked. Your fake divorce got you back on the show. And the show is going to make you money and fuel all of, like, help get you out of all of your financial situations. And then what happens is she goes, okay, Croy and I made up. We're all good. We we settled our issues. And look, we're back together. Like, it's it's... It would be the perfect plot to getting back on television. I agree with you. I mean, it's a it's a crazy thing to think of because a lot of these these people would sell their soul for you know that's what they're doing. But they're it's a jo- reality TV. It's 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 a way of making money. Look at Vanderpump right now. I mean, yeah. was it real? Yeah, but now these people realize like, yeah, let's make money on it. Let's monetize it. Let's build our brand. I mean. I'm curious, not changing subject, but I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm changing subject for a second. Because of everything that happened with Scandal this past year, I'm curious what the contract negotiations are going to be like for Vanderpump next season. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Bravo will pay through the roof to have um, Raquel and Ariana and Tom back on the show. Like, if, if they... if. Those three said, you know what? Never mind. This last year was too crazy for us. We don't want to be a part of it again. Bravo will open up the wallet because they are the ones that are single-handedly making that show really survive its drought. And in something like this, The Real Housewives, okay, Kim is going through a crazy divorce. We need to have her on. We need to know everything about what's going on. She'll be great for this. So, yes, I'm torn on this just like you are. I would love to know if it's the real deal, but – it's get every week, and, every and, week and for the past the month, way, it's been crazy. Every single week, for, as far as news headlines about what's going on with this relationship. Yeah, and Croy is saying that he doesn't want his divorce to play out on TV, and he doesn't want the kids being filmed during this distressing time. I just don't believe. Like these are the things that you're supposed to say because that's that's what makes it more believable. But again, them being on TV, your divorce being on TV is keeping you guys both relevant, keeping you guys famous, keeping the money rolling in because they can't just show him. Uh, That's the thing. If they show her and they want him to be a part of the narrative, they then have to pay him as well of being like a a friend of the cast. You know what I'm saying? So everyone kind of wins out at the end of the day. Yep. All right, Dax, number three. 
Number three is Demi Lovato revealing why uh, she was using the they, them pronouns and kind of why she's, she's, it's not like she's stopping. She's just not asking people to use them um, all the time because she said it was just absolutely exhausting. Um, And being a reporter in this industry, it was, I'm, I've got to be honest, I struggle with using the they, them. It's, it's, it's very difficult, and I've, I've had to cover her a few times and having to use the they, them. Like, you're using a muscle that you've never used in your brain before uh, because you're, you're changing the pronouns for everything. Um, but she just said, you know, I was trying to explain to people, you know, how to use them, educate people, and I, I got tired of asking people to do it so she announced that she was going back to using she her pronouns as well as they them um i guess moving forward so the story definitely is much easier to talk about but um obviously i don't want to take away any importance that uh, other people do have on using they them she just also talked about how the reason that she was going through that was she would get to a bathroom and go well, I, I don't feel like I should be walking to the women's bathroom and I don't feel like I should be walking into the men's restroom. So, like, I don't have a place. She, she goes, I enjoy bathrooms that are non-gender specific. And, um, you know, I, I, I got to imagine that is a difficult terrain to navigate. Um, but uh, it's, I, I guess that's, you know, this is her being real at the end of the day. I don't know. I just find Demi Lovato exhausting. Do you, she is just, <laughs> right? She's trying to say that the pronouns are exhausting. Like she's exhausting. It's always like Demi Lovato, and you can say, "Oh, she's got you know this problem with her. She's got anxiety, depression." Listen, we all have it. But she feels like she's for the past, I would say, seven years of fo- not following Demi Lovato's career, but following headlines and seeing Demi Lovato in the news. It felt like a girl celebrating her like sweet 16 and all the drama always around it. Like it's always she's the victim. It's always just – it's she's just frustrating. I don't know. I'm sorry. She sort of sucks. She – you know? <laughs> she does. She, I mean she's just so frustrating. She, she's annoying. She's a master of knowing how to get headlines. I'll tell you that much. Whether you like her or not, she knows how to get headlines. She does, but it's just like – I'm tired of it. And it's like not – she's not fun. She's not fun. <laughs> do you agree with that or no? Like Matt, do you, like would you want to hang out with Demi Lovato? She just seems like a handful. Either if you're okay, a publicist that, or if she's a – I don't need to hang out with her. She does seem like a handful. Um, but yeah, no. she she's it's It has been exhausting covering her. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. I don't know, man. She's just – she she's like someone who I'd be scared to be in a room with, like locked in a room with. <laughs> and after saying all this, I think you should be scared to be in a room with her. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? She's just, it's not my cup of tea. All right, number two. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Number two, Taylor Swift allegedly canceling her membership to a swanky New York City club after pics of her on a date uh, surfaced. If you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a photo of her and Matt Healy leaving Casa Cipriani. Uh, that some guests had, I guess, posted the photos of. Well, this club has a very, very strict no-picture policy, and uh, they apparently bounced the offending members for snapping the photos and uh, kicked them out of the club altogether. And then there was a story that came out saying that uh, she ended up actually canceling her membership to this club because of the whole incident because she was like look i go there because i know i'm not going to get my photo taken and my photo gets taken it gets put out everyone's talking about her and matt healy because of these photos um uh, the the club has said look we she has not canceled her membership. We did, in fact, kick out those people and revoke their me- uh, memberships. But as for Taylor, no, she still has it. So I don't know if she does or she doesn't have it. Um, at the end of the day, I don't fully care. But uh, this club, I don't know much about it. Have you been? So I've never been to Casa Cipriani. I've been to Zero Bomb, which is like the they're like the sister kind of. Here's what's going on, at least in New York City, and it's probably happening all over the country in L.A. You guys have might have heard about and Dex, I'm sure you well, you know it, but there's there used to be Soho House and it's still around. Yeah. And that's where it was a membership club with a restaurant bar. Some of them had a pool deck, but if you joined the Soho uh, you know, the Soho Club, you could kind of um, the Soho House, I'm sorry, the Soho House, you could kind of use as we work offices. You kind of it was like a lounge area, but you had to be a membership. Membership cost around, I don't know. I would say a little under five thousand a year to join all the Soho houses. After I, I've been to, I've been to the LA one or the Hollywood one a couple times. I'm going to be honest, nothing exciting for me. Like I walked in, like you're kind of excited to go because they let you upstairs, and you know you have to be wearing wearing certain clothes. But at the end of the day. It's just a fancy bar, you know? And it's not I, even that fancy. It's just, And yeah. I didn't see anyone, like, super exciting either time I went, so that also kind of let me down because you're like, oh, I'm going to Soho House. I'm going to see someone super cool in there, and I, I saw nobody. So between it just being an expensive bar on a rooftop and not no celebs, I, I, I don't need it back so, in my life. So years ago, a lot of celebrities used to go there, and the thing was you couldn't – celebrities weren't bothered. You know, they didn't allow phones in. You're not allowed to take photos in the Soho house because they want people's privacy. That's what it was. But the Soho house starts to allow a lot of other people in. It wasn't just the cool people anymore. It, it wasn't so... Um, the Dax Holtz of the world? Yeah, they allowed them Dax Holton. So then like, okay, we need to change <laughs> up. But it became not as, um, what's the word, private. And what's exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, it wasn't as exclusive. So in New York City, they opened um, Casas Briani. They have a place called the Ned. And then there's also Zero Bond. Zero Bond, actually, um, I've been there. It's really nice. It's right on Bond Street. And that's where Kim Kardashian hosted her post-SNL party. Elon Musk threw parties there. Um, Tom, like celebrities are there every single night at Zero Bond. It's a nice restaurant. There's no pool there. They have nice artwork. The bar is very fancy. The restaurant's good. But is it worth $4,000 a year? I, I couldn't pay for it. But um, some people, it's like $4,000. Yeah, sure. I'll join this exclusive place for $4,000 because it could be somewhat good for networking. It's a great place to bring people. But there is celebrities every night. Casa Cipriani pretty much is the same thing. Here's the interesting part. Taylor allegedly said i canceled my membership at casa cipriano that's what the source is the story is uh, because of the leaked photo here's the issue 
Taylor Swift never had an actual membership. So with these places, they sometimes, a celebrity, they'll give them, hey, you want to come whenever you want. If you want to come in, you, you know the owners, you know one of the managers. You want to come in and have a private meal, come in and have a private meal. You want to come in and have a drink with your friends. You don't have to be a member. You could come in. Taylor Swift is one of the Are biggest stars in the world. the rich people, the rich celebrities get stuff for free? I am. to pay? I am. And they keep getting richer and richer without having to pay for anything, like all the clothes she gets and everything? So Taylor Swift, you think Taylor Swift is like, oh, I'm going to join Casa Cipriani for $4,000 a year. I'm going to pay the membership. No. They allowed her in for free. It's crazy because, again, she never – I talked to my people. She never actually had a membership. So either A – what I think happened was Cas either A Casa was looking for, to put out the story for press saying no I don't think Ka- I take that back because the story was Taylor quitting the club but I think it was Taylor's team saying we can't go out anymore we get even at private social clubs where they don't allow photos our photo is still getting taken mm-hmm. but- yeah I don't know the, to me I think this was great press for Casa Chipperone at the end of the day. Because it's not like, yes, it looks bad that photos are being taken in the club, but, oh, we kicked them out. They're banned from the club. Okay, now they look good again. So people will continue to go there, but great press that Taylor Swift hangs out at your club. Even if she doesn't ever come back, she was there. People think it's exclusive. People think that if I go, I may run into Taylor Swift. So Weird thing, crazy. Great press. Yeah, weird, crazy, but... She never had. She was never paying the actual membership. All right, Dax, the number one story of the week. Number one story of the week, Pat Sajak announcing his retirement from Wheel of Fortune after 41 years of uh, hosting the game show. This is a really big deal, but now there's a bunch of people who uh, apparently are in the running to become the next um, host of it, which is... Number one, the the first name that we're throwing out there is uh, Ryan Seacrest. His name has been tossed all around with this. Obviously, he just left the live with uh, Kelly and Ryan show. He is free to do stuff. I mean, he opened up a little bit of his schedule. I mean, he's still a very busy, busy man. Um, But his name is being thrown into the running. And also Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg was on The View earlier this week. And um, they had Ken Jennings on, who does... uh, Jeopardy, and you know they're talking about Pat Sajak's retirement, and she goes, "Oh, I, I want to host Wheel of Fortune. I, I want that job." And I thought that was interesting on her current job to say she wants a new job, but we'll go with it. Um, and then yeah, they, they were all kind of like joining in, like, "Yeah, Whoopi legit wants to do the show." If you remember, she did Hollywood Squares back in the day. She ended up becoming like the the middle square. She was producing the show, so she is pretty well versed with the game show world and to her this would be a a good gig um i don't know i it's funny i i don't know who i see hosting this show it's i i I, you know it's interesting with the when you host a show like this there's no and Whoopi or pat i'm sorry Whoopi or ryan seacrest you don't really show any of your personal personality. It's so game show. It's so it has such mm-hmm. a formula that you know Pat has a little bit of personality when he starts to talk. Has like one question to each guest. He has that little back and forth banter. But besides that, it's very straightforward. I don't. Whoopi could be a good host, and so could Ryan Seacrest. I, I mean, Ryan Seacrest is funny. like I almost like it's it's good forever money. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those shows that you'll take until you retire 
I just feel like both of them are so talented with live television that it is like live television is a really tough skill to possess and to do well at. And I feel like Ryan and Whoopi are so freaking good at doing that that I'm surprised that they would want to do a game show. It seems you know, like a downgrade to me. No, I think they would do it because the money's great and you get to work what once every two weeks. Because you do, what, seven episodes in a day? I don't know what their schedule is at Wheel of Fortune. They might do one week on. They might work one week a month. I don't know. I don't know what the schedule is. But they usually film like seven to eight shows in a day. So you bang out all those episodes. So you don't have to come to work every day. You don't have to do all that stuff. You can have a life. It's a great I'm show. To- and it goes forever. It's such easy money. I- but like who 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 could you see having that gig? Like I'm – I'm just trying to picture that that person coming out and saying, Dex, you know, this is how good of a job that is. Oh, Drew, I thought you were saying me. No, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? You would, honestly, you would do good at that. You would be a good game show host. Here's This is how good of a job it is. Drew Carey, who was a great comedian, was an actor, had his own show on ABC, did so well. And then all of a sudden becomes the host of Price is Right and says, fuck it, I'm not going to do any other job. I got the best job right now. I don't have to work anymore. I just landed the jackpot. This is the type of job because it just – it's one of the best jobs in show business and there's very few. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And you don't work every day. Show, at least on that show, he does have his personality. His personality shows through. You know, like – not, I agree not, with you. I don't see you – I don't see them being able to really showcase their personality on it. Not like Ryan Seacrest. We go to Ryan Seacrest because of his personality. He's just a great broadcaster, and and that's not a that's not a knack or like a an uh, a, I'm not putting a dig at Ryan Seacrest. It's like he's a great broadcaster. He's not known for being funny. You know, he's a charming guy, but that's all you need. You need someone who's charming as the game show host because the show's not about you, Wheel of Fortune. It's about the three contestants and Vanna White, of course. She's not leaving. I wonder, you know what would be interesting is to have Vanna actually host the show. You don't hear her talk enough. By the way, have you ever met Vanna White in person? Uh, met her once. But dude, listen to me on this. That could be a really interesting twist. After 41 years of your sole job is to like be the woman in the back that doesn't say much, but like walks and spins the numbers to actually take over the show. Like everyone loves her. She's on the show. Have her start doing the actual hosting. Who's going to know that show better than Vanna White? Nobody. You're, have her do that. Have someone else come in to flip the numbers or the letters. I mean, like that. I am not, dude. I'm not. Why am I not a producer on The Price Is Right or Wheel of Fortune? Goddamn. Because right yeah, now. they just the, the 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 industry will not allow us in. But that is a great idea, Dax. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the Raw Rundown. Make sure, and if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Like and subscribe helps us out so so much. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're on it all. Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record which I always say you really should be on there. It's a, If you listen to this podcast, join the Off the Record Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.